0: We are bien en place. Andy was bien en place um, at the Stade louis II for Monaco against Rennes. He said it was perhaps the game of the weekend. I think there was uh, no doubt about it, really. Let's hear Andy's commentary.
1: And we back I'm to uh, Slimani all the way across to Bignarder. They combine once again. Bignarder with the emphatic finish. And it's the perfect start to the game for Monaco. Mawassa, Jeremy Morel is in front of him. Mawassa continues his run into the box. It's away from Camille Blick too easily. And Mawassa all the way through to get the equalising goal. Here comes the free kick, and it's uh, gone very horribly wrong for Monaco. It's been turned in by Adrian Hunu. Julien Stéphane, the red coach, has seen his team come from behind. And now they have the lead. Jeremy Morel trying to find De Silva, the pass was intercepted. Slimani surely, he's round the keeper. And Islam Slimani scores. Bakayoko. <laughs> ben Yedda! He's won it! In the 93rd minute. It had to be him!
0: So Andy, Monaco 3, Ren 2. And Monaco back on track. uh, I think that's fair to say now. Three wins uh, from four. And it was... A dramatic win, wasn't it? Because it was in the dying seconds that Ben Yedda got got that winner.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ben Yedda scoring the 93rd minute uh, to give them a 3-2 win against Rennes, who'd come from behind to lead. uh, A game that swung one way, then the other. And um, a match that really kind of summed up Monaco uh, this season. Absolutely brilliant in the uh, final third. Always looked like scoring goals. At the other end, they always look like conceding goals. Camille Glick um, at fault for the, the first goal that Monaco conceded. And, um, you know, it's just the same that we've been saying really for some time about them. They are struggling to find that balance between uh, defence and attack. Uh, Leonardo Jardim still has a lot of work to do in that regard. You look at the players who were missing yesterday. It was mainly attacking players, actually, the likes of Golovin and uh, Gelson Martins who were suspended. Uh, but it doesn't matter because they've got Ben Yedder and and, and Slimani with Fabregas playing behind them, and, and when they have uh, those two guys um, partnering one another, they really do look capable of, of scoring goals against anybody.
0: And that midfield, Fabregas, Bakayoko, and Adrian Silva starting to uh, to to gel, perhaps because Monaco. They, I think it's fair to say they deserve that win, and they dominated mm. long periods. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, I think they deserved win. I think the thing about Monaco is that if if they if they have the ball and they're pressing high, then they're okay. But as soon as they lose the ball, they look like they're in big trouble, and uh, and that's that's a problem of balancing the team that they need to sort out. I think the midfield is is improving from where they were at the beginning of the season. But again, it all comes down to the the central defence. There's no uh, other solutions, really, for Jardim in in that position at the moment. Uh, But he he has to try and make sure that his team take the game to the opposition uh, as much as possible, because if they can do that... You know, you look at the, the, the games that Monaco have had at home recently. I think it's something like... 25-30 25-30 goals in, in six home games this season, between scored and conceded. It's, it's remarkable. And they've won the last three home games now. They just need to find a little bit of consistency because they've got some very difficult uh, away fixtures coming up. not next weekend. And and if they can do that, they can start to climb the table. But, you know, again, it, it comes down to Ben Yedder and Slimani, this... Uh, Little and large uh, strike partnership, and uh, Ben Yedder is a brilliant finisher. He took his two goals really well, but I think Islam Slimani, for his all-round play, is the one who's really uh, catching my eye at the moment. Absolutely brilliant, setting
0: up goals left, right, and centre, and scoring them as well. And just it was a, a little bit tongue in cheek at the beginning when I said, "Are they the best duo in Europe at the moment?" But the stats suggest they're not far behind. With uh, so far this season, Aguero and De Bruyne have uh, contributed 17 goals. <laughs> Uh, between them in terms of assists and, uh, and and goals. Lewandowski and Nabry, 17. And then just behind them in third place, Ben Yedda and Slimani.
3: Yeah, Julian Stefan said after the game that very few forwards in the French game could have scored that Ben Yedda winner. I actually thought the first finish was even better. It was a, a remarkable finish on the half volley and he smashed it past the keeper. Um, he, we have to remember he came into that off the back of a really disappointing showing for France against Turkey. Uh, where he was poor. And, uh, well, France aren't set up to play to his strengths. It looks like Monaco are. He is better when he's got someone to take the buffeting and he can show his technical ability and his finishing is is second to none at the moment. Eight goals already for Monaco. Um, I saw Novak Djokovic was in the stands at Stade louis II, and I have to say, from a neutral's perspective, for everything that Andy's been saying about Monaco, it is ace to watch. Wow.
0: Wow. Dave, all that, all that for that.
3: (laughs) I I don't get it.
0: And why Why
3: did Novak Djokovic is a tennis player? Andy. Ah, right.
4: Why did he come to the Stade Louis Du wearing a Red Star Belgrade shirt? That's what we need to be discussing right now. That's just a strange. Wait, is he decision. sub?
3: Well, why not?
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, same colours, I guess. Yeah. Ben Yedda, Armel. Yep. I'll get you out of this hole that you're digging yourself in. Um, is he Is he underrated? He's eight, eight goals now already this season. He's just come back to, to Liga. I know that you. Um, agreed with me. Well, we both went for Ben Yedda as our tip for, for top scorer in Ligue 1 this this season. He was prolific in Spain. He's getting into the France squad ahead of players like Lacazette and, and, and Martial. So Didier Deschamps obviously obviously rates him. Um, I mean, he's, 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 he's a wonderful finisher and he's something of a, a throwback, isn't he? An, an old-fashioned striker who, you know, is the fox in a box, doesn't do that much in open play, although he can link up, but uh, so effective in front of goal.
4: Well, I mean, you sort of gave the answer I was going to give there. I don't think he is underrated because he's making the France squad regularly, and you know when you're playing alongside the likes of Giroud, who's a world-class striker level with Platini in the history books, then <laughs> you you can't really be underrated. But he's he's found the net in five consecutive league games now for the first time in his career. It's it's nice to see him back in in Ligue 1. I remember him towards the end of his time at Toulouse, where he was really turning into a a very good play before leaving for Seville. And as, uh, as we mentioned earlier, playing alongside Islam Slimani looks like one of the, the easiest things in, in Ligue 1 at the moment because he wins everything in the air and lays it off for Ben Yedder. And Ben Yedder does have that very quick finishing ability, a little bit like a sort of Lacazette that we've seen in Ligue 1 of the past that can score a goal from sort of any position back to goal. And
0: Monaco have got themselves a real asset there. Monaco 14th. Um, so they're, you know, they're in a lowly position but they're only five points from a, from a top three finish or from a top top three position mm-hmm. um, and looking at the table, looking at the way things are panning out, um, you know, you've got Nantes, you've got Angers, Reims near the top, I just think Monaco are a team that have got goals and I, I, I can see them closing that gap and I can see them you know, at least finishing in the, in the European positions this season?
4: Well, they've only they've only lost one of their last five. And even before that, mm. it was a, a 4-3 defeat to Marseille. Two all-draw to Strasbourg, two all-draw to Nîmes. So, goal's certainly not their problem, as we've just discussed with Ben Yedder and Slimani. And if they can keep up this run of at least not losing, mm. as Andy mentioned earlier, keeping that central defence a bit tighter with Glick and Jemison looking shaky... Then there's definitely room to improve. I think.
2: I think one of the things with Monaco is that they had that terrible start, didn't they? They lost the first two games three 0 and um, actually since then the results have not been too bad. I think. Uh, I think their only defeat since then was against Montpellier uh, in the last game before the before the international break. Because certainly, they've had just two defeats since the since the first couple of matches. Actually, their form has improved. Um, they're looking like they're uh, winning games at home again. And yeah, I mean, there's, they, they should be obviously competing towards the top of the table. The question is, can any of these teams find any consistency? Because, you know, Monaco, Marseille, Lyon, all these teams who we keep waiting to put a run of results together, it's not quite happened. Monaco are maybe just getting there now, but they're coming from a very uh, lowly position in the table. They've still got a lot of work to do, but the other results this weekend will give them some encouragement.
3: But as long as Monaco keep averaging, conceding two goals a game, they're going to struggle to get wins. So you can't rely on Ben Yedda and Slimani to get you three goals every week. Um, like I said earlier, the... From a neutral's perspective, it's great. There have been nearly 40 goals in 10 Monaco games this season. I'd much rather watch them than Nantes who have had 15 goals in their games or Rennes, who have had 13 goals in their games because you know that you're going to get entertainment. There'll be mistakes, but there'll be some really good play as well. Just briefly,
4: it's quite amusing that the only Monaco game I've commentated this season was the 0-0
0: away to Haas. <laughs> well done, Armel, well done. But... I, I think, Dave. I think you're touching on a on a good point, as as you so often do. You know, when you look at the goals they conceded again against, against uh, Ren. You know, Maoassa absolutely skinned Glick. I mean, this guy doesn't seem to be able to accelerate anymore. Cam- Camo Glick's been the rock for a few seasons, but you know he can't do it anymore. The uh, the second goal that Unu uh, headed in after a horrible misunderstanding. Gilles Diaz, who was playing uh, as the left wing back, nodding past his own goalkeeper. I mean, you know, they're comical goals and. Monaco can't keep on shooting themselves in the foot like that, can they?
2: No, they can't. But as I said, they don't really have any other um, defensive uh, solutions. You know, they've they've gone for a very good goalkeeper. Benjamin LeConte, I think we'd all agree, has been one of the best goalkeepers in Ligue 1 in the last uh, few years. Consistently very impressive. A three-man defence uh, with Camille Glick in the middle, it's just not really working. Gilles Diaz was playing because Faudet Balotouré was suspended, but Balotouré has been, you know, Armel shaking his head has not been very impressive this season. Yeah, they're making... Uh, very basic mistakes and um, actually before the before the first Ren goal yesterday there was an incident where uh, Adrian Silva gave the ball away to Adrian Hunu who then Camille Glick just simply got out of his way and allowed Hunu to have a shot that should have been a goal that was just before Mawassa scored so they have lots of problems don't forget this is a Ren team who are in really bad form so I was gonna and say Monaco near, nearly gifted them a
0: result they're the opposite aren't they I think they won their first three games this season they haven't won a game since nine, nine games, yeah. nine without a win nine without a win now and Julian Stefan facing his his first crisis as a, as a manager. And, and we've seen last season, uh, Olivier Letton, the the sporting director, um, sack, no, the president, isn't he? Letton, uh, sacking um, Sabri Lemouchi after a, uh, an indifferent run of form. Do we need
3: to worry for Julien Stefan? I don't think we need to worry about him just yet. And they are still above Monaco in the table, albeit only on goal difference. But it, It's definitely affecting the players' confidence. They know that this run is just going on and on and on. I don't think the Europa League is helping them uh, at all in this. Um, And there's definitely a hangover for those two clubs that won the cup competitions last season for Rennes and Strasbourg. Strasbourg, their bad form doesn't date just from this season. I'm sure we'll talk more about them later. Rennes... I can't see them finding consistency the way they're playing at the moment either, and they haven't got the best out of their new signings. I and mean, Rafinha didn't play yesterday; he was ill, I think. Um, but no, I, I can't see them picking up wins the way they're playing at the moment. That that squad is is too
4: good to be going this long without a win on, on a league now scale. I think their their team is their team should be competing for the top six, and that is putting pressure on Julien Stefan's job naturally at the moment.
2: I thought um, it was quite indicative. I was at the Wren Celtic game in the, the first match in the Europa League, and um, I, sp- I spoke to you, Matt, about that just afterwards. and I think we both kind of agreed that we had thought that Wren would probably win that match, but it was actually, it gave us a pretty good idea of where Wren are, that Celtic actually. Were, were well worth their draw in that game. I thought they had a very, quite a brusque and, 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 and aggressive approach, which the Wren fans didn't like much. But you know, it kind of made, made me realize that Wren did win the cup last season, but they did finish in mid table in the league. And they've had a lot of changes since then. And maybe our expectations of Wren going into this season were a little bit too high.